pick and prevail in your fantasy football league with the help of our starting lineup. At host to quarterback the show, we have Nick Giacobbe. Up next, a dual threat in Dynasty and Daily Fantasy, we have Cody Repass. And finally, working the waiver wire, we have Nick Cap. These are your playmakers that will provide you with sleepers, breakouts, and busts to help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 22 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, and the hopes that we help you prevail throughout the 2021 fantasy football season. I am your host every single week, Nick Giacobbe, and joining me is the new owner of the Green Bay Packers, Nick Cap. Nick, talk to me a little bit about this purchase that you made today of this fine, this fine franchise that I'm not really happy with at the moment. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm I'm super excited! Newest shareholder of the uh, of the Green Bay Packers. We are going far. We are going the distance, and I am so happy to be supporting this phenomenal, phenomenal franchise. I don't like the Packers. I don't like the Packers. <laughs> I, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like the Packers. I don't like my own team a lot either. So, but we're not. I'm, ro- I'm rocking the Jordy Nelson jersey, the only Packers jersey that I've ever owned, and uh, a little snug, but you know. We're going to adjust. We're going to grow with the team, you know? I'm not putting on any Seahawks merchandise today. Um, <laughs> Nick, would that jersey fit me right now? Just to be clear, I'm like 5'4". Five, five, maybe 5'5 five, five on a good day. 5'4", um, maybe like <laughs> 115 pounds, maybe on a good day. Again, like I don't I don't have a lot of weight on me, um, just who I am. So what is, <laughs> does that jersey fit in me? Like where are we? Where are uh, we it, might, it might be a little bit of a dress on you, but you know, it, we, you can fit nice in it. You can fit nice. What, in what it. about in like New York snow weather? Like I'm going to MetLife for a game, like over a jacket. Oh, absolutely! You could throw your little sweatshirt on. You could throw this <laughs> this beautiful jersey right on top. All right, enough jersey talk. Enough Packers talk for now. We're gonna get into the show, guys. We're actually live at the moment. It is Tuesday, November sixteenth. We're doing this live. We. We drop shows on a Tuesday, so the replay will be live tonight if you want to listen to the audio version or watch the video version on YouTube. But if you are joining us live for the fun of it because you saw it on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, welcome. We'll be doing this for the next hour. Our segments include, but not limited to, uh, injury wrap-up from the week. We're going to talk about Week 10 studs and duds. We're going to give you some waiver wire picks. It's not a lot. It is slim pickings on the waiver wire in Week 11. We're still going to give them to you. And we're going to end the show with a couple guys you may want to trade for if you're in a dynasty league or if you're in a keeper league and your season's kind of wrecked at the moment. Um, Some guys that you could kind of trade for. So that's our show for today, and we're looking forward to it. So if this is your first time watching or listening, welcome, and thank you so much. This show is on Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays for the Tuesdays and Friday show. The audio version of the podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere where you could find an audio podcast, you could find the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you are if you are on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It really does help. If you're watching on YouTube, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button, a like, share it with your friends. We'd appreciate that. Um, our social media channels on YouTube, on Facebook, is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Please give us a like and a subscription for those. On Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, a follow would be greatly appreciated. The uh, the app for that is Primetime FF pod and our last show of the week that's on sundays is a live show on our youtube twitter and facebook the time does vary usually do around 11 30 but we did a little bit earlier last week so we'll let you guys know as the weeks go on but i think we'll be probably doing around 11 30 for this week so that's enough plugs for the moment let's get into some injury updates and some news from week 10 start off with big ben he tested positive for covid i think it was saturday night if i'm correct i think he let the team know and everybody was yeah. calling big ben a knight in shining armor for letting the team know that he was feeling sick and everybody was giving props to big ben for doing a normal human courtesy so congrats to big ben give him a medal for it that could one could be worse it could be like uh my franchise's quarterback who doesn't tell anybody that whether his vaccination status you know it could be someone like that oh he was he was uh what word did he use um he was uh, immunized. Immu- you know? Immunized. Yep. He had the uh, he had the horse uh, the horse paste. Um, great public relations for my quarterback. Yeah, just great. <laughs> um, so Big Ben, not much news to talk about here, but he is going to be virtual this week, doing team meetings, and it, I think he's going to miss the Charger game if he is positive. I don't think I don't even think he can test negative twice. I think he's going to be out for two weeks. So 
Um, Big Ben's probably out next week. Mason Rudolph probably fills in. More Steelers injury news. Chase Claypool with his toe uh, is supposed to practice tomorrow, according to Mike Tomlin. We'll give you more updates on Friday on that. But if he does practice tomorrow, that's a good sign that Claypool will play this week. So that'll work well in the favor of Mason Rudolph and the rest of that Steelers offense. First bit of injury news that we can really talk about, Dallas Goddard suffered a concussion or he's in concussion protocol. I think he went out in the second quarter and Goddard's been pretty productive. I believe he's at over 10 fantasy points, I think four out of the last five weeks or something. So um, Nick, I think a pretty big blow of, not a pretty big blow, but a blow to your team. If Dallas Goddard was your starter, you probably only got, I think he had five points, maybe less than five points. I forget the number that he had when he went out, but uh, a tough blow to a very thin position of your team. So (sighs) Go get Dan Arnold off your waiver wire if you have uh, if you have um, Dallas Goddard because he might not play this week. So, do you have anything else to say about that one? Nah, not really. Yeah, there's really nothing else to say with that. Um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, pretty good chance to play according to uh, Andy Reid. So, you could get him back in your lineups. Daryl Williams had a pretty good night on uh, Sunday night. He was a uh, running back one. We'll talk about him in a couple minutes. So. Um, I don't know. You think it's going to be running back by committee? You think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just gets the bell cow role? Like, what do you think of a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if he is playing next week against the Cowboys? I mean, Darrell Williams had a monster week this week. It's it's going to be tough for, you know, the the team to kind of know what to go forward with. In my opinion, Clyde's not the best running back in that backfield. I said that since his rookie year. I, I didn't see the talent, um, you know, the first four weeks of that season and, and to me, he hasn't improved much at all as a runner. He hasn't improved much as a pass catcher. Um, and, you know, as long as Tyreek and Kelsey are there, you really don't know who that number three option is on the team. And most situations, you're not starting the number three option unless it is the running back. Um, so, you know, Cl- for me, Clyde's still going to be the guy that they go to, but I don't think it's the right decision. I think Williams would be the better guy moving forward. Um, I- I'd reevaluate that running back room, though, at the end of this year. Yeah, I think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might have been a bust for them because he hasn't really um, he hasn't been the running back that they thought he would be. And it's funny because the Chiefs haven't been a running team. I know they have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. I know that they have an air raid offense. I know that. I know. I'm not stupid. I know. But uh, we saw what Andy Reid did with Jamal Charles for years, and I think they've still been trying to find that Jamal Charles. Um, but if, for Daryl Williams, he's had – and one, two, three, four, in five games, he's had three games over 15 points, two of them over 20 points in ESPN standard leagues. I'd have to look up Clyde edwards because I feel like he hasn't done that. I got to look this up right now. Um, bad radio. Bad radio. Okay, pulling up Clyde edwards Hilaire's stats right now. He hasn't cracked 20 once. He's had 19. He's had 16. He's had two weeks under five. Darrell Williams has been the better fantasy running back for Kansas City. We may have a running back by committee approach. We may have a little controversy. We'll see where that goes. But if you're if you're a Darrell Williams owner, I'm going to say hang on to him for sure. Put him on your bench maybe if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing, but you got to hang on to him. I think so at least. Uh, Nick's favorite running back in the league, Cordell Patterson, sprained his ankle in an atrocious loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't like the Atlanta Falcons. I am no longer saying good things about the Atlanta Falcons on air or to friends because the Atlanta Falcons, anytime I say something nice about them, they just seem to fail me. So, yeah, um, I don't really like the Atlanta Falcons. So, Nick, uh, I saw some rumors earlier that this injury to Cordell Patterson could sideline him a few weeks, but then I also saw that he was day-to-day. So I think it's something that we're going to learn more about come Wednesday and Thursday when practice happens for the Falcons but assuming he's out how big of a blow is it to your fantasy team I mean Cordell Patterson he was the number one waiver wire pickup of the year L- let's not mistake anything he- he's been the guy you picked up week one that you've been able to start every week since um he's on a short week this week so he's not this is very unlikely he's seeing New England and if you don't if you're not 100% against New England you're not going to deliver this New England team is just as good as it was near the end of Tom Brady's career there in this time um outside you know the the team looks good the, the team's good. The defense is good. It's a tough matchup for Atlanta anyways. Um, my, Mike Davis is going to be useless in this game. I, I do not think he's a good player. He's been useless the whole season. Even when he was the running back one, like, he was useless. He, even with Cordell out not there, I don't think they trust Mike Williams enough to play him uh, a, a big Mike enough Davis role where he's going to be productive. So, you know, it's coming down to can Kyle Pitts deliver and New England shuts down your number one option, and that's Kyle Pitts. So, Matt Ryan can't deliver, that's for sure. You know, I, I would not trust Atlanta in this matchup. I, nope. I could see New England nope. handling them just like Dallas did. I don't know what the spread is, but I'm taking the Patriots in my spread pool. 
I, I took the Falcons this week. I hate the I, I hate the Falcons. <laughs> I hate the Falcons. It was like nine and a half. I hate the Falcons. Games. Um, Baker Mayfield has a knee contusion. Kevin Stefanski still expects him to to play. They're labeling it as a bruise. I know you don't like Baker, Nick. I know that a lot of people rag on Baker, but he goes out there with every injury on the planet at the moment. And he's like the fish from SpongeBob that's in the cast, walking <laughs> out there with bandages all over him. That's I give him credit. I give. I, I give him credit for being a warrior, but um, I still That's don't really three want different to play. injuries this season. Cleveland, yeah. do not pay this guy. This is now a quarterback that's under average performance-wise when he's healthy and has now sustained three injuries this year alone has sustained an injury, I think, every year of his pro career, maybe besides his rookie year so far. Baker Mayfield's not reliable health-wise, and he's not reliable as a quarterback, and that's behind the number one offensive line in football. Um, so I, I really don't want to hear any more about Baker. Ba- Baker should not be Baker should not be the starter next year in Cleveland. He definitely shouldn't be on your fantasy roster. Um, that is for sure. And as for his wide receivers, I don't I don't really see anybody that you would even comfortably start every week, even at a flex play. Um, I don't think any other wide receivers crack the top fifty. I forget what Donovan people. I'm looking through the list right now. I don't see any Brown on this list. So. Um, it was the Dearness Johnson show. They're, they're a running team. So whoever's a running back there is a start, but Baker's not a start, and the receivers, Austin Hooper, none of them um, are a start, whether Baker's quarterback or not. Um, this quarterback should be starting. Cam Newton, according to Matt Rule, is getting most of the reps this week, but he will not um, he, he will not name him the starter. I think he should be named the starter, though. He'll be named the starter by the end of this week. P.J. Walker's not, not starting. I, I think – um, I, I wanted Seattle to get Cam Newton. I really did because those two games that Geno played and that they lost were close. They went to overtime against Pittsburgh. They almost went to overtime against New Orleans. They were close, winnable games. I still, again, it's not a Seahawks podcast, not a football podcast, it's a fantasy podcast, but I still just don't understand why they didn't go get Cam Newton. Why they trusted Geno Smith. I, I can't. I can't do it. Um, but as for the Carolina Panthers, I think Cam Newton's much better suited for that offense. I think he'll play better with uh, Robbie Anderson, your guy. He scored a touchdown, so Robbie Anderson might be fantasy relevant. I picked him up right before that game because <laughs> I, the, you and your brother that had the stat about Robbie Anderson and Cam Newton or something like that. Uh, that was not me. It might have been him. Yeah, there was some stat about Robbie Anderson that actually convinced me to go pick him up in my dynasty league. They have the football team uh, next week. The football team have not been good against teams on defense. I know they just – Trap game against uh, Tampa, but I think that'll be a good game. And I think Cam Newton's playable. He's going against Ron Rivera, though, which is an interesting matchup. But anyway, oh, yeah. is, is Cam Newton a guy you're picking up? Is he good for And is he a guy that's kind of good for the for the Panthers, fantasy-wise? I'm not sure. what I don't know what the bye weeks look like this week. I'm sorry. I should have been prepared with that one. But, I mean, if, you, if you've got a quarterback on bye that you plan on playing, Cam Newton's a starter. If Cam Newton's announced the starter, which I think he will be by Thursday or by Friday, the latest – you, you got to start him. Washington's been pretty pathetic on the back end. You got two good receivers. McCaffrey's playing out of his mind right now. Had 26 without a touchdown this past week. Um, you know, you you got to trust this team. You got to trust them. And you know, Cam Cam Newton delivered in fantasy. That that's what he always did. Even at the end of his New England run when he wasn't getting in the end zone because he didn't have weapons. Didn't he have he two rushing play. touchdowns this week? I know he had one. I think one might have He had, he had a rushing back. touchdown to start, and then he had a passing touchdown on his second snap. Of the game. So I, I think he's I think he's good for like two or three touchdowns. So, I mean, that's what you want in a quarterback, and the rushing touchdown will give you another two points in standard league. So that's a guy you can really consider starting him. The teams on by are the Rams, uh, the Rams and the Broncos, so Matt Stafford's probably the only one affected by that. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're the Stafford owner and you're relying on him every week and you need a streamer, Cam Newton's mm-hmm. your guy. I think Cam Newton can finish as a top 12 quarterback rest of the season with this offense if they leave him in as a starter over Darnold when he gets back. Aaron Jones, a mild MCL sprain. He's out one to two weeks. It was the A.J. Dillon show. He's their number one waiver pickup on the week if he's available in your um, in your leagues. If you're an Aaron Jones owner, I mean, we said it weeks ago during our stash and trash segments, which we're not really doing anymore because it was so late in the season at this point. You, there's nobody that you really want to You got to know at this point. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But um, if you are a uh, – we said it. You need to have A.J. Dillon if you are an Aaron Jones owner. If not, there's no reason to. Um, he's rostered in 58% of leagues, so he's probably not available. But if he is, go get A.J. Dillon. Um but yeah, I mean, if you have Aaron Jones, it's a big blow to your team. If you don't have A.J. Dillon, if you have A.J. Dillon, slot him right in and you'll be fine. What's weird about this injury is it's it's called a mild MCL sprain and the timetable is one to two weeks. What's really going to suck is it's probably going to lean on the two-week side 
and could go three. If it goes three weeks, that's an IR spot that you could have had and you could pick someone up. Um, at the end of the day, that that's what's the most annoying part because usually when you see a good team with an injury, they'll they'll rest the guys rather than play them. Green Bay, Green Bay, my Packers, we're we're going to the playoffs. You know, we're gonna have home field advantage. Uh, it's it's gonna happen. So, you know, they're gonna lean conservative on bringing him back. So AJ mm-hmm. running back for two to three. even if he's even if Jones gets back on the field in two weeks, they're not gonna play him 100 percent of snaps. You're gonna see a lot like uh. After his first week back where they played him, I think it was mm-hmm. 35% in the first half and then 60% mm-hmm. in the second half. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, so and then next injuries, there's the 49ers. We got injury updates like an hour ago. Uh, Debo Samuel had a knee contusion on his shin. He's day-to-day. He was the number one fantasy wide receiver on the week. I'm not super worried about him since he dropped 30 points last night. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, broken finger. His, he's getting a procedure, I think, done today or tomorrow Yep. Um, to be decided on that. And, and Elijah Mitchell, he didn't have a good week this week, but he did a back-to-back week, so I think, with 20-plus fantasy points. So um, that's somebody that you're probably starting at a running back, too. So, Nick, how worried are you with either of these injuries? I mean, my biggest question, Mark, is who the hell are you playing now? Because I don't trust them to play Jeff Wilson, and I don't trust them to use Duke enough to replace the Debo. So is who is outside of George Kittle on that team? I don't know. If he's not playing, I don't trust that you get. If if Mitchell's not playing, I don't trust Wilson or Sermon, even though one of them is going to have a good week because the Niners always manage to run the ball well. Um, even for the past three years, it feels like they always have a running back that delivers, um, but none of them can stay healthy enough. So the question is, who who do you play? And the que- answer is, we no, don't know because nobody. Shanahan hasn't given us any leeway to trust anybody outside of nope. George Kittle in that offense. No, and Debo. So we'll see what happens at the I end of the week. Shanahan. We'll see what happens at the end of the week when it comes to um, 49ers injuries. So um, those are all the injuries and news that we have for this week. Let's go to the weekly wrap talking about studs and duds from week 10, starting off with the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, number one, 36 uh, fantasy points. Number four, Mac Jones, 19 fantasy points. Those are the two most notable ones I have here. Um, and there's a couple others there, Nick, if there's anybody else you want to talk about, but who is your biggest quarterback stud of the week? We've been ripping on him for a month. It's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes hasn't delivered on his number one ADP. Well, there you go. No quarterback scored within 10 points of him this week. Um, Mahomes went off. Um, I saw this great stat on, uh, on, I forget, maybe it was Monday Night Football or on ESPN. Mahomes had 400 touchdowns, 400 yards, and five touchdowns. That's the third time in his career, and he is now tied all time for their 400 yard, five touchdown games. Uh-huh. Tied with Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, and John, Joe Montana. Okay, that's the class of quarterback that he's that he's hit. Wow. Um, Mahomes is a phenomenal talent. He struggled the last month, and this past week they figured out this was their get right game, and nobody in the AFC differentiated themselves. No quarterback. Um, in the NFL that was above him, you know, Tom Brady, uh, who's been delivering consistently, Lamar, who's been consistent, delivered this week. So Mahomes just said, hey, you're all going to take a week off. I'm not. I'm coming right back. I'm showing you why I'm the best quarterback in football. And he did it. And he's going to continue to do it for the rest of the season. I also want to mention about Mahomes. All the media was saying, Mahomes is back. He never left. Like, I know he wasn't playing well, but the reason why you said he was back is because the expectation for Patrick Mahomes is up here because of what, what the media has made him out to be. The media, the media has made him out to be an untouchable God that throws a, a perfect spiral with every throw can do no wrong. He has a touch of gold when he slings it. That's what the media has dro- driven in people's minds when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And that's just not true. Patrick Mahomes has had the best offensive system probably in the league for the, since he came in. I mean, McVay's system is phenomenal too. That's probably the only one that you could rival. But Patrick Mahomes has had probably the best offensive-minded head coach. He's had the best wide receiver in the league, the best tight end, always at a top five tight end offensive line. Um, and the run game is really the only thing he hasn't had since he entered the league. And he played behind Alex Smith for a year. He got to learn from Alex Smith for a year and also take reps in practice. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that anything like that. But Patrick Mahomes wasn't thrown to the Wolves. I'm not trying to rag on the Jets, but he wasn't thrown into the Jets. He wasn't thrown into the Jaguars. He wasn't thrown into the Lions. Patrick Mahomes wasn't thrown to the Wolves. Patrick Mahomes was given the key to the kingdom. 
That's what Mahomes has been given. You shouldn't be surprised about any of this. So the expectation is so high that when Patrick Mahomes plays a tiny bit down to average, people are losing their minds. It's like the Joker gif. Well, I forget what the line the Joker says about losing their minds, but that's kind of what it comes down to. So um, my, my point being with Patrick Mahomes is that the guy never left. Like The talent was never not there. The league didn't figure out Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are always going to be fine. I've said that on air on the show multiple times that the Chiefs are still going to the AFC Championship game and they're still going to the AFC Championship game. So anybody losing their minds about Patrick Mahomes being back isn't a football knowledgeable watcher. That's came out really bad. Isn't knowledgeable <laughs> about football thinking that Mahomes was uh, figured out or wasn't going to uh, rebound. Anyway, that's my rant on Patrick Mahomes. Um, I still don't think he was worth being the number one quarterback drafted. I still wouldn't have drafted in rounds four or five, even after this week, because it's only one week. Uh, but let's talk about Mac Jones. Uh, just uh, just so you know, um, after that week, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback one in fantasy now. So well, it okay. take, only Does took one week to yet? recover. he have his buy yet? I don't think he had his buy yet. He has not had his buy. There you go. He's not going to be number one at the end of the season. Big Josh is stepping right in there still. Let's, let's see. In average, he is number four at the moment. So Who's Josh you know, Allen? he's not far off. But you know where Josh Allen is on average? I think Josh Allen was three. Let me just Who's one? Check. Oh, no, Josh Allen is one. There you go. He's Josh Allen's quarterback one. one. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. He's going to end the year as the quarterback one. Um, I want to talk about Mac Jones a little bit because on our midseason awards last week, you said that the uh, what did you say about the rookie quarterbacks? The big not a single rookie quarterback is above the quarterback twenty three. Last week, Mac Jones is at twenty right now, and Mac Jones had twenty fantasy points, nineteen point nine two. Excuse me, almost twenty fantasy points. Uh, and the Patriots have a winning record. Uh, what's their their record? Is uh, six, six and four. And four. Six and four. They're they're a playoff team at the moment. Mac Jones is playing very well. And some people are even saying that he's. This is a ridiculous statement. I'm not backing this statement. Some people in the media are saying that Mac Jones is playing better at his age than Tom Brady was. That's not my statement. Again, the media. It's a lot of fun, the media. Um, but I think Mac Jones will be fine going forward. And Mac Jones has the Atlanta Falcons next week. So if you need to stream a quarterback, go pick up Mac on Jones. Thursday. Short He's week. Obliterate the Falcons. Obliterate the Falcons on Thursday night. If you're listening to the show on Tuesday or Wednesday, He's going to obliterate the Falcons. I'm predicting this. They're not starting out with a 28-3 to lead. And if they did, I would I would still bet on the Patriots to make the comeback. Uh, the quarterback duds on the week. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 18, 10.4 points. Matt Stafford, quarterback, 19, 9.8. Russell Wilson, 26, 5.6 points. And Matt Ryan, 0.68 points. It was... It was a very off week for these quarterbacks. Uh, Nick, who's your biggest quarterback dud on the week? I mean, it was a big off week for all quarterbacks. There's only three guys that finished with above 20 points this week. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to rag on everybody too hard. All I got to say, Aaron Rodgers, new team owner, we're going to the moon, baby. We're going to the moon. That's all I got to add. Um, I, I, I got to talk about my guy. I do. Um, I, I got to do something real quick. So the live viewers or the ones watching are going to get a treat right here. So, um. Last year when Russell Wilson wasn't playing well, um, <laughs> in my old apartment, in my old apartment, that plaque right there, I, I had it like laying down or something. It was like not hung up, but it was somewhere. And when Russell Wilson stopped playing well, I took the plaque and I turned it around. He didn't deserve to be shown. Um, put Russell Wilson in a. Corner. I don't want to. I don't want to take the plaque off. So um, he's gonna get one of these. So <laughs> give me one sec. I'll be right back. Oh man. <laughs> so he is no longer for for those of you that are not watching um i have a plaque of russell wilson holding up the lombardi trophy and it's signed i have now put an l in place of the lombardi trophy it's a big giant l um because that's all russell wilson did he held an l for the seahawks he held an l for all of your fantasy teams um luckily my fantasy teams uh one of them that i played russell wilson with one the other one did not because he scored like 5.8 points or something um, so he's holding an L, and I got to talk about it because Russell Wilson was horrible. I've watched Russell Wilson play football for now, I think, 11, year 11, I think, year 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. I've watched just about every Russell Wilson game. There's not many that I've missed. The first two or three seasons, I didn't have NFL Sunday tickets, so I missed a couple games. But I've basically watched in, what, 11 years. I mean, how many football games is that? Like 160 maybe? What's the number? You're a math guy. 160 football games. I watched him play a lot of those. 
I've watched him play bad games. I watched him throw five picks against the Packers in Lambeau. I watched him throw four in the NFC Championship game. Um, I watched him play terribly against Carolina in the playoffs at Land. I've watched him play bad football games. This is probably a top two or three. If I, I would have to go back and look, this is a terrible Russell Wilson game. There was nothing I could take away from this game where I could say Russell Wilson looked good. He looked nervous, and the offensive line wasn't giving him time from the beginning, but he looked nervous and scared. He looked indecisive. He didn't know where to throw the ball. He was holding it for too long. He took some sacks. Um, he wasn't accurate. A lot of his passes were overheads. They were low. No accuracy. My biggest worry with Russell Wilson, though, he played dumb. He played stupid. Some of his throws were stupid. I'm talking about, I watched him. He's down 10 points. I'm watching him launch a deep bomb. And last year when Russell Wilson would launch a deep bomb, it was the most exciting play in football because you knew it was DK. You knew it was Tyler Lockett. You knew it was a pretty deep ball. This was not a pretty deep ball. I watch him launch it to the end zone, and I see Tyler Lockett sandwiched between two defenders. I threw my hands over my head, and I say, I have to watch the replay of an aerial view to see what he saw. Maybe the safety made a great play. Maybe the safety cut across the field. No. Tyler Lockett was double covered the whole time. You're down 10 points. You're on the 40. Stupid. He played stupid. The injury wasn't to the brain. The injury was to the finger, and he played stupid. And that's what worries me about Russell Wilson right now, is that he's making stupid throws. It wasn't good. None of it was good. The, the interception in the end zone. Why? Why did you throw that ball? And it wasn't a pick, by the way. Your Packers got very lucky with that one. It was not a pick. The Des Packers Bryant got a shutout. <laughs> yeah. First time Russell Wilson's ever been shut out, by the way. Yep. Um, that's my Russell Wilson rants because that the biggest bust of the week. You can't post hype videos of you working out and uh, the succession theme, I think, was playing in the background or something or whatever it was. You cannot make all these social media posts, act like you're hyped to come back and then play like that. That's like – it's like going to a restaurant that has the best steak on the planet and it comes out with bugs in it. Just terrible, terrible play by Russell Wilson. He is the Cardinals next week. That's your game of the season right there, buddy. Because guess what? If Russell Wilson doesn't play well this game, I want him shut down for the season because something's off. I don't want to see gotta, him step on the field this season. Just real quick, from one green team to another, just real quick, I just want to make a proposal to you. I will trade you your first-round draft pick and my Wilson uh, for your Wilson no. and our safety back. I'll take my safety back. Too. What's really got a pick, though? It's anyway, all I got my Green Bay. We got the number seven pick from you I, guys. I haven't ranted in a long time. That was a rant, all right. <laughs> I got it all out there. Terrible, Russell. Okay. Terrible. And Matt Ryan also. I predicted Matt Ryan have a good week. No good. On to the running backs. Darrell Williams, running back one on the week with 29 points. Talked about him a bit. Ramondre Stevenson, 27 points with Damian Harris out. Running back two. Running back six, Dearness Johnson, 22 points. Antonio Gibson finally cracks the top 10 with 21 points at running back seven. And Delvin Cook had a really great game. I think it might have been his first 20-point game of the season at running back eight. Who is your biggest running back? Uh, who is your biggest running back stud of the week? So those top three names, I'm not taking much away from any of the three. Uh, most of them were opportunity because of injury. Uh, or all of them were opportunity because of injury. Um, seven and eight, Gibson finally took long enough. Delvin Cook took long enough, you know who's been dealing with injuries, bounce back a little. Talk about someone you didn't say. And he's someone that you didn't say because he's established himself as the running back one now. He's the running back one in fantasy. He's Jonathan Taylor. This team goes as far as Jonathan Taylor carries that team. This dude has a breakaway run every single game. He's destroying teams on the ground. He is a dual threat running back. He is powerful. He's the size of a linebacker, but he run, he run one of the fastest running backs. In the Jonathan Taylor is an absolute tank. He's a monster at running back, and this team figured out how to use him. They really did, and that's why Jonathan Taylor is getting this production. That's why he's the running back one in fantasy, and that's why I said at the start of the year he'd finish as the RB1 in fantasy. Um, I mean, yeah, that's he would have a couple more touchdowns too if it wasn't for um, the Colts' terrible play calling within the five-yard line. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Antonio Gibson, I do want to mention – very touchdown dependent, only at 64 yards, which isn't bad at all, but um, he did have two touchdowns, I believe, one at the end of the game. 
Dearness Johnson, another 20-point game when he's this is the second game that when he was the starter, he had 20 points. So just look out for that. If Nick Chubb is back this week, you're starting Nick Chubb. But uh, I don't know what the Browns' contract situation is, but I don't know why they would keep Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt when they have Dearness Johnson in the wings because he could carry the load over there. Just saying, I don't think Nick Chubb's gotten paid yet. I, I think Hunt may have. I'd have to look that one up. Hunt's contract ends, I think, this year. Yeah, then they're not going to resign him because Ernest Johnson is is, is a, yeah. a tank. He's a tank. All right, on to the bust with the running backs. Javante Williams, 6.9 points. Miles Gaskin, 5.5. Cordell Patterson, 4.9. And Alex Collins, 4.1. I played Alex Collins in two week leagues because he's a big bust. It was snowing. I thought Pete would try to hashtag establish the run. Just didn't work out. Didn't really get to the goal line. 4.1 points. I think Collins has had under 10 points like three out of four weeks. So we need to get Carson back in that lineup. So, I mean, I've said this again, and I, I've said this since the start of the year. The When everybody's healthy on the field, there's only one running – there's only one backfield where you trust two running backs, and it is the best running team in football, the Cleveland Browns. You trust Kareem Hunt. You trust Nick Chubb to carry your load. Javante Williams is a very good running back. But as long as Melvin Gordon's there, he's not going to consistently finish as a top 24 running back. It's not going to happen. When there's 32 running backs every week getting the ball, the running back two on a team is not going to deliver unless you're Kareem Hunt and your team's going to run the ball 35 times a game and pass five times to your backup running back. That's the only way two running backs in the same backfield will consistently have production, and it's why I've said I don't trust any other team to do it. Naeem Hines had some glimmers of hope. Jamal Williams, uh, Ty Johnson's starting to look a, a little decent. Um, but there's really been – I mean, even uh, I guess um, – What's their face? Uh, Arizona is another team where the two look good. That's really it. Even Pollard's has splashes, but no one's been consistent enough where you're going to start both. So just keep that in mind. If you're running back, if you have to play a backup running back on a team, I don't care if it's, you know, Philip Lindsay. It's more likely Philip Lindsay as the starting running back in Houston is going to outperform the backup running back in most teams. It's going to happen. Keep that in mind as you get down the stretch of these playoffs. Yeah, um, there you go. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, let's move on to wide receivers now. Wide receiver one on the week, Debo Samuel, has been a top five fantasy wide receiver I on the year. Probably, probably the biggest deal of the draft, too. Uh, Stephon Diggs, uh, wide receiver two. This is the Diggs that you drafted around one or two, 30.2 points. Wide receiver five, Kendrick Bourne, 24 points. And wide receiver eight, Devontae Smith. Who is your biggest wide receiver stud of the week? So you want to I talk hate, Debo. You should talk Debo. I hate fantasy bonuses. I hate them. I hate them. I don't know why we do them. And the stupid 40-yard touchdown at the end of the game when they're up 17 points ends your fantasy week because of a, a two-point bonus. And and then my kicker wants to miss a pat just to further my my record. You know, it, it's unbelievable. Debo's had a great year. There's no reason he should have been drafted under Brandon Ayuk. I mean, it's clear as day now. Um, I mean, he was what was it? Five rounds later, four rounds. Ayuk shouldn't be. Ayuk should be on waivers. He's he's, Ayuk, he's no, but, you're running, um, you're running off a name. You're running off a name of a rookie wide of a uh, second year wide receiver. So he should be on waivers. By the way, I know you're not saying that, but he should be on waivers. He should be. But based off ADP, everybody drafted Brandon Ayuk before Debo, and there wasn't even a second thought about it. That was stupid. That was stupid by the fantasy community. Let's be honest. There was no reason Debo should have been drafted after this guy. Debo's been consistently solid. Ayuk's had a couple good games at the end of an unhealthy season. There, there was no reason. There's no reason that this should have happened, that Debo should have fallen this far. And we're going to talk about keepers later. He's probably one of the best keepers you can get, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, For me, I want to talk about Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith is under the radar, been a top 25 fantasy wide receiver. He's a uh, position ranks at 20 right now, back-to-back weeks with exactly 22 fantasy points. He had a couple duds in there, a two-point game, a five-point game, a three. But the Eagles are an inconsistent football team, so when the Eagles show up, it's when this guy shows up and Jalen Hurts is building chemistry with him. So, um, yeah, I want if you have Devontae Smith, and again, in a keeper league, that's a good keeper for next year for sure. On to the tight ends. Travis, uh, actually, excuse me. We got to talk about the dud wide receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper, 9.1. Mike Williams has been living in this category for like a month now. Mike Williams at 7.3. DJ Moore, 6.4. DK Metcalf, 5.6. Tyler Lockett, 4.3 due to Russell Wilson and his big little L up there. And then uh, AJ Brown at 3.3. So I'm going to talk AJ Brown. Um, 
I've I've been on the AJ Brown train for a couple of weeks after he got that hamstring injury right. Um, he's been, he's been a monster. He's not been a guy that you really wanted to face off against. And it's just a weird game against the Saints. I don't know exactly why he didn't score. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is probably the reason why he got shut down. Um, but last two weeks, nine point two and three point three. But before that, sixteen, twenty-seven, thirty-one. I'm not super worried about him. He's going up against Houston next week. He's gonna have a monster week. Probably top three wide receiver in the week. But um. AJ Brown's a guy he drafted in round like two or three, and I said he was being overdrafted. This is kind of why. Um, you probably lost a week because your wide receiver one only scored three points. I'm gonna actually take the opposing opinion on AJ Brown. This was a bad game for Brown, but uh the last four weeks prior, he was the wide receiver two. Um, that that's impressive. That that's a guy that was worth his ADP for that four-week stretch. Does he bounce back? I think so, because I think that this team the only the only thing they realized in this game, if you watched it, was when you're not utilizing AJ Brown in this offense, your offense is really, really, really struggling. Like without Derrick Henry and Julio Jones now on IR, I think Derrick Henry's out another four weeks guaranteed. Um, you know this team's going to struggle unless they go to their wide receiver one, which is AJ Brown. They're still the number one seed, so you know they're not rushing uh, Henry back. They're not rushing Julio. They get in the playoff picture. They're dangerous to beat any team in the league. But A.J. Brown's going to be ha- who you have to run your game through if you want to go win games. And I think that they, they realize that this week. I think he bounces back no problem, delivers. Um, next week has no problem being the you know the top 10 wide receiver that you drafted rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Now on the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, tight end one. He's been the tight end one for a couple weeks now. It feels like 19.9. Hunter Henry, nine, 19.7. Uh, tight end two. Tight end three, Mark Andrews, 18.3. And Dan Arnold, tight end seven. Um, 13.7. Who's your biggest tight end stud of the week, Nick? Travis Kelsey. He's, the wide He's tight end one again. You know, there's a reason why everybody tries to debate that Darren Waller is better and George Kittle is better. For fantasy purposes, Kittle is the clear-cut tight end one year after year after year. He's just so consistent. He's so consistent. I don't know why I picked Darren Waller to outscore him on the year. It makes no sense to me now. Um, Travis Kelsey was a locked-in first-round draft pick. Everybody that owns Kelsey has an advantage every single week over the other tight end position. Um, if you were able to get Kelsey in the second round, there should be no reason they shouldn't be in the playoffs unless you suffered a ton of injuries. For me, I, I want to talk about Hunter Henry because he isn't consistent like most tight ends. However, one, two, three, four, five, five out of his – well, five and five, basically. He's at over 10 fantasy points. He's had a couple of duds, a 4.3, two sixes, but – um, Mac Jones looks for him in the red zone, and that's a thing that you want in your tight end, especially with a rookie quarterback leaning on the tight end. I think he's a good streamer. It's a, such a thin position. We just saw Dallas Goddard went down, and obviously Logan Thomas and Kittle have been injured this season. So I think he's a good streamer option. So, I, again, keep tabs on Hunter Henry. If you want to carry a backup on your bench, I think he's a, he's a solid option. And the duds of the week, uh, Darren Waller, uh, tight end 19, 6.4 points. And Nick's guy, Dalton Schultz, with 2.4 points against that stinky Atlanta defense. And I actually did say on last week's show, um, Dalton Schultz is a guy you should stay away from because the Atlanta defense does play well against tight ends. I was right on that. They do not play well against wide receivers, though. So, Nick, you want to talk about <laughs> They Dalton don't play Schultz? well at all. Uh <sighs> Darren Waller, you're letting me down. You started week one, 19 targets, led the league in targets at the tight end position. And ever since, you've kind of been a disaster for your third overall draft pick. Come on, it's time to bounce back. Coaching staff, you don't have Henry Ruggs. You don't have your over-the-top threat. Your running game is not good at all. Um, Brian Edwards has been very solid the last few weeks, but I'm sorry. Darren Waller. This team, the only way that they get into the playoff picture is that they run the game plan through Darren Waller, and they're not doing it. You got to do it. End of story. End of story. I do want to mention that one thing that I've taken away from this season is I always want that early tight end just so I could just set it every week, and I went all in on Kittle. And Kittle had a good week. Don't get me wrong. This week he had a good week, but I was very disappointed with him before this week, and it's week 11. I'm not going all in on the tight end next year, next year, Nick, unless it's Travis Kelsey. I'm not. Right. Waller, Kittle, they're, 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 Kelsey. You want to talk about expectations? I got to talk about Mahomes. Kelsey, expectations up here, fantasy purposes, and this is where he is. It's not expectation reality. It's expectation. That, that's where he is, the model of consistency. Because people thought that Waller and Kittle were here. They're closer to here. There's a gap. There's number one. Then there's a gap. Quarterbacks in fantasy with, with Mahomes, people think Mahomes is here. This is the gap between Kyler 
and Allen, and, and they might even be here. Kelsey, gap. Yep. All righty, that is our studs and duds from week 10. Let's move on to the waiver wire. There's not many people to talk about. AJ Dillon has to be your number one target. If he's on your waiver wire, go get him. He's owned in 59% of leagues, so he's probably not available. But hey, if he is, go get him. Also, Mac Jones, 14% of leagues. If you need a streamer quarterback playing Thursday night against the Falcons, worst defense you could probably play. Um, that's a good option. And Dan Ar Arnold only owned in 27% of leagues has become possibly Trevor's favorite target. Possibly. So I would go get Dan Arnold if you need a tight end. So, Nick, I don't know if you want to say anything about these guys. But, again, we're at the point of the season where there's just not many guys on the waiver wire. Also, Mark yeah. Ingram, if he's available. I don't know if he is. He yeah, so play Ingram, uh, a couple of the names that throw out there is Ingram, Kim, Andre Stevenson. Yeah. All right. I don't think I'd play any of them yet, but I, I'd feel comfortable holding all them. Dan Arnold, I think you can start now. Uh, A.J. Dillon, you can start now. And then Mac Jones against Atlanta, home run. All righty, we are now going to talk about um, some guys. If you're in a keeper league or if you're in a um, a dynasty league, anywhere where you could trade. So uh, we're basing this off me and Nick's league. Our league, you could keep any player drafted round six or later. So if your team has, has two wins, three wins, if you know your season's over, it's a good opportunity to go find that keeper if you don't have one already. Trade your stud player and go get a keeper. So um, – you know what, Nick? I want you to lead this segment off right here. I want you to talk about the trade that you tried to make last week that got <laughs> vetoed by eight other members of the league. So t tell 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 the tell the the viewers or listeners your record and why this was your route last week. This is before this week. This is week after week nine. So I was three and six going into this week. Um, still only two games out of playoffs. But I knew if I lost one more week, the route to get to winning would be tough. Um, and it's not good enough where I'm going to make the play. Where if I make the playoffs, my roster, if not healthy, was not good enough. I have no depth whatsoever on my team. My team was built purely as star-studded players. It's uh, Zeke. It was Kareem Hunt, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill. Um, I forget who I played. Or Tyler Higby, a tight end, so not really that good. Uh, flex players were Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool. So I'm really banking on the stars to just show uh, show out, and I had no depth. So my rationale was if these guys aren't healthy and I got all these bye weeks coming up, I'm probably not getting into the playoffs. And if I'm not, I just want the best keeper that I can get next year. So the number one keeper that me and Nick, I think, clearly agree on, it's Jamar Chase, and it's not questionable. Jamar Chase has been a top five uh, NFL receiver. Let's forget about rookie receiver. Let's forget about rookie um, as an NFL player, he's outperforming Justin Jefferson so far last year. Um, he's been phenomenal. He's been nothing short of it. He is probably guaranteed to be a third-round pick or better next year. Um, so me saying, all right, I got this star power. I got no point to it. I might as well go try and, you know, we, we have kind of a respect thing in our league where even if you're tanking, you still play a playable lineup. You don't just, you know, screw people I over force people to you have to play a playable lineup or I will penalize your draft spot if you don't play a yeah. playable lineup I will bump your draft spot down like it's happened yeah the, like for example there's no picking up JK Dobbins who's a good a good keeper because he went undrafted and putting him in your starting lineup because you know he's not playing he's hurt you can pick him up and he could be your keeper you could be your keeper but you can't you can't exactly so because of that I said okay Jamar Chase is worth the rest of the season and all of next season, I instantly, no matter what, if I get Jamar Chase, have the if there's odds on a fantasy team, I'm going to have the number one odds, especially because I'm probably having the number one or two overall pick. So I offered Ezekiel Elliott, which I thought was fair rest of the year, and Tyree Kill, who would be fair for a full season. And I said, just give me Jamar Chase, because if I get Jamar Chase, I'm pretty much the equivalent of getting two star players, one this year and one next year, for two star players this year. The league instantly vetoed the trade saying it's too lopsided because one team gets too overpowered and my rationale is you could say that every single person in either position would say no it's not because you're getting two star players the person i'm trading for i'm waiting i'm trading away he's riding or dying on this fantasy season he wins this year he made his money he's the winner end of story he does not win the season he gave up the chance at having the best team next year starting your draft off with jamar chase and christian mccaffrey or Derek henry most likely that's the team you're starting out with next year if you get Jamar Chase as your keeper and you're the number one pick. So my rationale was 
that should be a fair trade because if I have a chance to get two star players that are going to make me the title favorite going instantly, it's fair enough where I could give up two star players this year. I do want to say this. Uh, Nick makes a good point here. However, it's not a fair trade to the rest of uh, the league, and that's why it was vetoed. Yes, anybody would make it because you're both winning. You both are winning. The other eight members of the league are losing, and that is um, that is why it was vetoed. I told Nick, do Tyreek Hill straight up. Um, and I think that's a good option. So, yeah, I'm saying this. So in our league, Jamar, we're going to list off some players that we think you should go trade for. Again, if you're in a keeper league, and you're in a similar situation to us. Our league is round six or later. You get a one keeper. Or if you're in a dynasty league, these are some guys that you should go target. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you the rounds that they were also um, drafted at. So round six. Just, just, Jared, just, um, just for perspective, full PPR. Full PPR um, and, and, and some full bonuses. Full PPR, 10-man league. 10-man league, yep. Uh, Jerry Judy, round six. And the other thing is that we also had keepers. So – um, I guess you could say that these guys are drafted around later, technically. Yeah. So yeah. I like, for example, so, I had Chase Claypool, yeah. who would have been drafted seventh round. Right, right, later, right. Yeah. But you cannot. I think you we made the rule you can't keep year over year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jerry Judy round six, uh, Jamar Chase round seven, Kyle Pitts round seven, Devontae Smith round eight, Debo Samuel round eight. Devontae Smith, uh, oh, I said him, uh, Jalen Waddle, round nine, Michael Carter, round 10, Marquise Brown, round 11, and Michael Pittman, round 11. So, Nick, how about you give me your top three trade targets if you could do a deal like this and, and give me one, just straight up, one player you would trade for him? So, for example, Jamar Chase, if you're not winning, the, you should be winning the title if you have Cooper Cup. You could give up Cooper Cup and go get Jamar Chase because you're not winning the playoffs because your team's got injuries. Go do it. Go give up the number one wide receiver and go get the best keeper going into next year. Um, give up whatever it takes. It doesn't make sense if you're not making the playoffs not to give up your star player for your star player next year. Um, if you're if you're in a money league and you're paying year over year, it's worth it. If you can go into next season and you're going to have a top five pick, let's say the worst pick out of the top five which is probably going to be Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor next year. If you're getting one of those and you're pairing him with a wide receiver one, a top five wide receiver this year, you're an instant title favorite. Not a question. None of these guys, all these guys are solid. You know, they're good keepers. They're solid keepers. They're going to perform well for your team. None of them are number one at their position. None of them are going to be in the top three. Maybe I think Debo might slide in top, inside the top four. Kyle Pitts maybe in the fourth or fifth because of the tight end scarcity. But that's really it from the rest of the guys that we just heard. Jamar Chase, to me, is the clear-cut number one. To me, I think Debo, he's number three right now in the season. I don't know where Chase is. I'd have to look that one up. Um, and Debo's Chase, Chase was number three before yeah, the So, so Debo, Debo's been really impressive, not just for one year, for two years. He's not having a sophomore slump. He's going to be the wide receiver one over there no matter who quarterback is. So I would go get Debo Samuel. Um, again, if, if, trade your stud. Just at this point, trade your stud. Last year, I traded on um, James Robinson to get Kelsey. I was in that situation. I traded James Robinson, who would have been my keeper, uh, to get Travis Kelsey. I did win the points. I had the most points in the league by over 200, so I won money. I didn't win the championship, but I didn't win money. Um, Kelsey didn't make that much of a difference. He helped, but I would have won the points either way. He, he, I hoped he would bring me to a championship. but um so yeah trade your stud trade your stud at this point you you can't it's fine you could trade your stud uh so i would have debo uh, my three would be debo chase and i would round it up with kyle pitts because the tight end position is so scarce so if you could go into next year already having kyle pitts he's proven to be a top five tight end he's young especially if you're in a dynasty league too go get kyle pitts again those are my top three who would you round out with chase so i have chase one i have debo two and then I have a tie at three between Michael Pittman and Michael Carter. I wanted you to talk about Pittman, so I, I love Michael him. Pittman. I loved him going into the year. He's phenomenal. Frank Reich knows how to use him with T.Y. Hilton not really playing, and he's only on a one-year deal. It's very likely Michael Pittman's the wide receiver one there again next year. No questions asked unless they bring in like an Allen Robinson. Now, what would, what would you trade for Pittman? Are, are you doing the same thing you're doing for Chase? Or give me a guy that you would trade for a Pittman. Because the, guy, the guys that I listed, like, I would say Kyle Pitts. Maybe I'm not trading Cooper Cup, but I'll trade like – trying to think of a good one off the top of my head uh i don't know maybe i'd trade like a justin jefferson i mean he's been a top 10 wide receiver not i wouldn't trade a top five wide receiver i'd trade like a top 10 or 15 i would trade like you can't keep dk i would trade dk to get like kyle pitts or 
Um, I would trade, yeah, I would trade DK to get Kyle Pitts to keep him. I think that, that that's where you're looking. You're looking at the bottom of the top 10 early of the top. For, or, for, for Pittman? Yeah. So you would trade like DK for Pittman, you're saying? DK, AJ Brown, um, you know, any guy in that tier range, I think you can get away with. Um, for Michael Carter, I already put a trade out in my league. It might get vetoed. I don't think it should, and I'll fight till the day it's over. I offered to say it. straight up for Michael Carter. Do and, you think you value him more because you're a Jets fan, though? No, because over the last four weeks, over the last, since the Jets bye week, Michael Carter is leading running backs in targets, or he's number two to make the The running back position is also so much thinner, so it's even tougher to do a trade like that when a trade Exactly. So when when I'm offering Zeke, obviously Zeke's the better running back at this point. He will be the better running back for the rest of the season, like by a pretty wide margin. I would trade Aaron Jones for Michael Carter. If you have Aaron Jones, I'll yeah, that, yeah, that's I mean, good. That, that, yeah, I would trade Aaron Jones, get him out of there. If you're dealing with Derrick Henry injury and someone in your league has Michael Carter's being in the playoffs, go trade Derrick Henry straight up. Derrick Henry's not going to see the field to the playoffs, if at all. Yeah, that, that's a good one too. Yeah. Shot. And then pl- one guy- here's one for you before we get out of here. Are you trading for Derrick Henry if you're a playoff team? And what Absolutely. are you trading for him? What are you trading for him though? I mean, it depends on what the team needs. I mean, if the team needs a running back right now that's going to go get him into the playoffs, if Chris Carson's coming back, Chris if Carson, you, you're if, trading for. If, if you're if you're the number one team in your league right now, you're eight and two, or yeah, eight, eight and two. Yeah. What are you trading to get Derrick Henry right now? You know that you're in the playoffs. Are you trading like like what's that line? Are you trading like, um, I'm trying to think, Chris Godwin? Would you trade like Chris Godwin, or would you trade? Trying to think of any middle of the pack player. I wouldn't trade Godwin only because Godwin's been too consistent to this point. Um, but I would be willing to trade. Would you trade Daryl Henderson? Yes. Or, or what about uh, James Robinson? Robinson, I wouldn't just because playoff schedule for him is really good. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I'd Cordell Patterson. Him. Easily. Okay. What about let's see if there's any middle of the Packers. What about um Amari Cooper? That's a good one. Cooper struggled recently. I, I would shoot the shot, I would say. Last if you one. have de- if you have enough depth at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Last one, AJ Brown. This is That'd to get Derrick Henry thinking that he could play two playoff games for you. Wow. You have a bye. You, you I'd have to keep AJ games. Brown. All right. All right. Um, yes, that was our trade segment. Again, those, these are not logical trades unless you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league. Again, we're not telling you in a standard league to do this trade because you would get it vetoed very quickly. Just one more player game. that we did not talk about, which I'm throwing in there, Antonio Brown. Go get him. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one due to age and other. I just feel like he's a head case. But – Points per game, he's top five in the. I know, I know. And I saw a stat earlier: the Bucks are like four and one with AB, and I think two and three without him, or something like that. I feel that's this year. If you count the playoffs last year, that they lost one game with Antonio. Yeah, they don't. They don't lose games with Antonio Brown because that's Tom Brady's favorite target, but nobody wants to admit it. Anyway, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. Let them know to come uh, listen to our future episodes. The next time you'll hear from us will be this Friday on November nineteenth. We'll have a good show for you guys. Sorry we missed last week. Personal conflicts, a little bit of car stuff going on, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday. The audio version of that show, as always, will be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. And the video version will be on YouTube, as always, at Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you want to support us on social media, and please do, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is Primetime FF Pod. The YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Nick, as the newest owner of the Packers, I'm proud to share this mic with you. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining us today, guys. We'll talk to you on Friday.